All right, everybody, welcome back once again to the One More Podcast featuring Carl Johnson. He is the race and sports book director down there at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, Mississippi. Takes uh, care of you when you come down there. We got Bill Berman back. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He has been away for a while because he got the Ronas because he can't keep himself healthy. And then we got Stevie Shrimp who makes fun of the food I cook out here in West Texas. And then there's just little old me, Ryan Hyatt. I'm the uh, I'm the cruise director on this thing. We're going to play shuffleboard on the Lido deck, have a lot of fun tonight. Got a lot of NBA, got a lot of horse racing to look at. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to make it awesome. We are brought to you in part by our wonderful new sponsor. That's right. Braniff Airways, everybody. If you're looking to fly in first class in 1978, Braniff is where you want to go. That's right. When you got it, flaunt it, just like we do here on the One More Podcast. Thank you, Brandon, for being a part of it. All right. How, how's everybody doing tonight? Everybody good to go? Oh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back. I think if uh, I think our, our show motto is if you got it, flaunt it, right? I mean, that's a perfect oh, yeah. for us. That's right. Man, it's good to see you back there, uh, Bandit. The Bandit is back, folks. Um, man, I, 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 I sweat off, you know, five, five pounds and gain 10 back afterwards. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, it's all good. We got the Rona out of the way. Only took two years. And, and oh, by the way, you know, thank you, Michael Lombardi, for coming in the office three days sick and, and handing this <laughs> shit off to me. So just another 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 reason to take a shot at Michael. Hey, just hey, not to make fun of not to make fun of it, Bill, but um, that's some nasty stuff. I mean, yeah, how'd you do? How'd you, you feel? You can, How long it you, 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 you can make fun of it all you want. Uh, you know, honestly, was was not all that bad other than two nights. I mean, it just it's a real what I version I got real bad cold night sweats two or three nights. And Michael and I both agreed. We each had a night where we woke up on the hour every hour sweating through our clothes, yet shivering and having some of the weirdest damn dreams you've ever seen. And none of them were good. So, uh, you know, I don't know, hallucinogens. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like. Uh, I, you know, I did a lot of good drugs without actually doing the drugs. Wow. So what we're saying is basically a Tuesday night for Steve. Yeah. yeah yes. Skin, and I guess we need to call him skinny Steve now. Right. I mean, guys run, running two and a half miles, taking shots at, you know, other podcast members, physical condition. I mean, uh, as I said, when we were preambling before we started the pod, I mean, he's going to get his ass kicked right off this pod if he start, keeps running like that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man. oh, boy. There aren't too many topics that are taboo on this pod, but exercise is one of them. Right. And making absolutely making fun of when I eat a, when I eat a salad. That's a that's that's not good. <laughs> hey, hey, boy. Salad. Yeah, yeah, it was. I just, I don't, I just, I, I can't imagine Carl getting that thing. I mean, it probably took him a half hour to figure out what the green stuff was. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like, well, <laughs> I, that's the thing about a salad. I don't like the lettuce, but you got to put the lettuce in there for it to be a salad. You know, I had a bunch of uh, 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 bacon in there that you couldn't see, a bunch of Caesar. There you go. Uh, and uh, those things that uh, hummus is made out of, those little nuts or whatever they are. Nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the name of them are. But hummus is made up food. I am convinced there's made up food, and I'm like, I think hummus is one of the made up foods. I I, I love hummus when I'm eating like a, a chicken shawarma. Oh my god, that's so good. I'll tell you what. If anybody is playing one more podcast bingo tonight, they're losing like hell because the fact that yep. lettuce and hummus came up so far, nobody's got that on their card. Yeah, no. We're going to get it going right now, though, guys. Let's start on the uh, NBA. Uh, playoffs in full force. We saw uh, a big shift maybe in the East last uh, last night with Boston and the Heat. We got the uh, Sun, uh, pardon me, not the Suns. They gone. They gone. The Mavericks and Golden State getting ready to go. I know Stevie wants to talk a lot about who you like right now and why you like them in the postseason. I like the 83-76ers myself, but I'll let you guys go off and see who you like. Who you liking right now and why do you like them? Go ahead, Bill. You go first. Oh. Uh, well, I, I, I'll do a quick bit because I want to hear what Stevie's got to say. But uh, look, Jimmy Butler said it last series. Uh, we won't even get into last series. That's long forgotten. And, uh, you know, I, that, that team's not even worth talking about uh, that the Heat beat. But, the, um, you know, he said time and time again in that Sixer series, it's not about scoring. It's about stops. 
And if we can stop this team, everything else will take care of it. That's his philosophy. That's what people miss. Stevie, I think you tweeted a little bit about this too. People think Jimmy Butler is going out there looking to drop 40 on somebody. He's going to do whatever it takes to win, number one. And number two, it's defense first with him. Always has been, always will, will be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's just basically what, I, you know, the old saying goes, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Look, you know, I've watched the Heat play. They're the one team that stuck out that when they, they have to get stops, they get stops. And they'll get five or six of them minutes and get back in the game. They did it last night to start the third quarter. They come out, play lockdown D, and went on like a 13-1 run to start the second half. And that was the difference in the game. Well, I he mean, preached like it. They, he, he, got he, a, he, he drills it into that team's head. He, he literally has said it in interviews. He, he lives, eats, and breathes defense. That's the key to the game in his mind because that's how you win, to your point earlier, basketball games. Um, that's certainly how you win playoff basketball games. Um, it's defense first. Everything else takes care of itself. Right. right. Because shooting, you know, comes and goes. I mean, you're going to it travels you can, you know teams that play good defense can win on the road he's freezing up yeah that's what yeah. he does he freezes up carl you got any weird uh plays going on down at the beau rivage right now nba playoffs that you look at and go maybe maybe just uh, we're seeing some interesting action on one side or the other is it pretty much straightforward right now yeah, I mean, for us, you know, they, you know, they, they're going to bet the locals. I mean, we're a, we're a Dallas Mavericks book. They're, they're going to bet, you know, Dallas is the closest team to us. When Memphis was in there, they were the closest team to us, basically. Uh, so they're, they're betting Dallas with us. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, I got a little info on this game tonight. I mean, uh, this, this podcast won't be out in time, but, um, Golden State's five and a half and two fourteen and a half tonight. I like Dallas a little bit. Uh, so I do too. Yeah, we're getting bet there, and um, we are also getting bet Miami because we have a big Florida contingent. Uh, so we're going to need Boston, and we're going to need Golden State for the book. What What do you guys think the NBA wants for a finals? Luke is a great story. You still got Golden State, you know, the rise back, the coming back on that. The Celtics are the Celtics. What do you guys think the NBA wants to see in the finals? It's a really and by that, good I mean question. Scott Foster in the official. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, Brian, it's a really good question. Uh, I think my gut would be they want the Warriors and their, their, and their leaning Celtics in the East. That, that's my that's my gut, but I don't think they you know that the Heat would be a disaster for them in, in terms of that market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I look. I, I mean, I took a little flack, you know. Uh, you know, I, I guess we'll get into what we think about the NBA here in in a little bit, but uh, I don't know what the NBA wants. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, to me, it's a broke product. You know, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but. You know, when you got two game sevens and, you know, they end up uh, – one of them's a 28-point game, the other one's a 33-point game. I mean, something ain't right. I mean, this – you know, we all – we're all – look, our 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 visual audience and the people that listen to us are between, like, 47 and 59 years old. It's like 47%. So they're all in our – pretty close to our age. They're in our wheelhouse. Yeah, and so they, they've seen the basketball that we've all been able to have a chance to see, you know, in the mid-80s and the 90s and stuff like that. Look, I, you know, and it's for the younger generation, it's hard to explain the difference in what you're seeing and the, and the, the difference in players' mentality and stuff like that. They don't understand it. They think LeBron James is the greatest ever. And, they, you know, it's just uh, – it, it's a shame, really, what the NBA has come to as far as I'm concerned. I, I we'll get into Carl. that here in just a little bit. I, I, Steve, what do, you, what do you think, like, the best matchup that the NBA could put on here in another week and a half or two, however long this thing's going to take, what would you put out there for the league? 
as far as like what what teams I think would make the best finals. Either way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd like to see Golden State, Miami. I, I mean, I really think that's what you're gonna see. I mean, I, I do believe that's the two best teams left, and uh, I, I do want to see. I th- I think Miami will um, be able to lock Golden State up. I mean, I, I do think the defense is gonna carry, and a lot of people think that the the champions coming out of the West. I don't think so. I, I'm curious to see how those great shooters for Golden State, how Miami can match up with them. And I, I think they're going to have some success slowing them down. I really do. I think that's going to make a great – you're probably going to see a, a seven, you know, game seven finals with those two teams. That's what I'm looking forward to. All right, we're going to come back to the NBA. We're going to fix the NBA here in just a little bit. And by that, I mean we're going to improve it. We're not going to fix it. Tim Donaghy is not going to be involved in any we're talking about here. we got to be careful in our nomenclature. Where do we want to go now? We can go PGA or we can go horse flesh. What do you guys want to talk about next? It don't matter to me. Fire away. Let's get on the golf course in Southern Hills outside of Tulsa, the wonderful, beautiful Southern Hills, where it's going to be about 178 degrees. The wind's going to be blowing about 45 miles an hour, uh, and it's going to be really, really nice. (laughs) What do you guys like about the PGA Championship this week? Horses for the course, all that stuff. Everybody seems to be on Scheffler, uh, Scotty Scheffler. He's the short shot. What do you guys see this week? I'll go. I'll go first. So, uh, you know, out of out of the four majors, uh, you, you know, you guys can. Uh, I think people can see. You know, uh, this out of the four majors, the PGA is probably the easiest one to win. Um, you know, at Augusta, you got to hit a high ball with a draw, you know, at, uh, uh, in, in the British open, you got to hit a low ball and you got to bounce it in and play your, you know, bump and run, uh, us open. You got to be, you know, precise, you know, you got to hit the ball straight off the tee. Uh, you know, the PGA typically is the easiest of the majors for people to win. A lot of times you'll get young guys that have never won. That'll be their first major to ever win. And it, it happens a lot. Uh, you know, I've got four or five players picked out. You know, I, I can tell you, the, I, I, I've got Rory McIlroy in my stuff as, as my chalk, and he's at 14-1. Uh, to 1. Uh, But what I did was I went, uh, I went four long shots. You know, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, I mean, you know, he, he, I think he was runner-up uh, last year when Phil won it. Uh, Love that. Yeah, just with him, you know, uh, I mean, he's one of those players. He can win all the majors, but he's got such a bad back. Uh, you know, it just depends on how he feels. And, uh, you know, at Augusta, he just didn't have a chance. I mean, he just, uh, you know, his back was terrible that week. But, you know, if his back is on, I mean, he's worth an 80-to-1 shot here. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got Patrick Reed uh, in my stuff, you know, at 125-to-1. Uh, I've got Mark Leishman, who makes a ton of birdies. I know this guy. Uh, you know, this this guy makes more birdies than, I mean, he just does. He makes a lot of bogeys, too, and that's what hurts him. But uh, th- he is a birdie machine. Uh, and then, uh, you know, one of the things that I read about, Lombardi's going to love this because he always makes fun of, of Ricky Fowler, you know. But uh, Ricky had a, uh, you know, he, he went through a, uh, a change of clubs. He changed his clubs. He changed his, his, uh, his shafts, his putter. So I like a guy like that. And I'll tell you why, you know, with these guys that play at this level on tour, their feel basically always stays the same. I mean, they've been feeling that golf ball come off the club head for since they were born that that typically will never change. A a player's feel is always going to stay the same. What happens is sometimes it's a good thing to get a new look, you know, uh, you know, and it, it's weird because you can be playing a set of sticks for five or six years. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you, you look down at them and they just, they don't look right. So, so he's going to have a change of look, which is what he, what he needs. Um, you know, and at 150 to one, I think he's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good bet. I like, it's just like a horse. You putting them on Lasix. They're either going to, it's either going to be real good move or it's going to be a terrible. Yeah. So that's the way it is with, with uh, a club change. And that's, uh, you know, at 150 to one, I'm going to take the shot. 
Well, I think you're, get- you're talking about Ricky Fowler, and that gets us into the Oklahoma State guys. And I think this matters. Southern Hills, is, of course, has gone undergone a lot of changes uh, since uh, when they played their 2007 last in a major, I think. But these guys know it. The Victor Hoplins, the Oklahoma State guys lately, they played this course a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think that should play into a little bit uh, on what you're going to look at. What do you think, Bill? What do you got? I, think, I love the Oklahoma State point. I, I was going to bring up Hovland. Um, I, I think Speed's getting his shit together. Um, that's not an earth shattering statement because you know he's been it's he's kind of played that way this year. He's he's I, I think he's rounded into form, and I like him at <clears throat> sixteen to one. Um, I, I think that number's kind of bouncing around a little bit. You can probably still get it higher than that. Um, nobody's talking about Kepka. Um, I haven't checked his health, so I don't know if there's a reason they're not, but if he's healthy, uh, he's completely off the radar and, you know, like 35 or 40 to one, depending on when you're, where you're looking, Carl, I don't know where you have him marked up. Um, but I think Kepka is a major player. Uh, I mean, that's what he's always been. Um, that's what he lives for. Um, I have no interest in, in, uh, in our boy Ricky whatsoever. Uh, I think Ricky is a, is a, uh, I think Ricky loves Ricky and Ricky loves money, but Ricky doesn't care about winning. Uh, so I'm in the Lombardi camp on, on our boy, Ricky. And then I kind of like, um, I, I'll throw, uh, I'll, I, 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 I kind of like Morikawa a little bit this week too. There's a lot to uh, like about Morikawa on this one. Pick. Yeah. Good pick. And we also, we got Brooksy at uh, 40 to one. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and one quick side note on Leishman. I mean, again, he, he's always going to come up on this pod. He's our kind of golfer. I mean, that guy's jiggling all over the place as he walks around the course. So uh, we like our jiggly golfers on this pod. Yes, we do. We like our. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I know you spent like four or five hours this morning going over golfers, right? No, but I actually, I, 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 it's Bill likes the same guy. I like Kepka. I mean, I, I was looking at it and I know he's like, done really well in, in the PGA over the past few years. I think he's got like five top 10 finishes since 2017 in the PGA is what I read. I mean, I, I think if, if I had to pick somebody, I would pick him. And I mean, how do you go against Sheffler? I mean, he's playing solid, steady golf. I mean, I, I mean, you got to throw him in there. I would think, uh, I mean, I read that, uh, well, John Rahm just won a tournament. I mean, he's, he's pretty hot. So, I guess you'd have to, you know, I, I kind of would use him too if I had to, you know, pick three guys. That's probably be my top three. As far as Ricky Fowler, he's in the Chris Paul category. He's a choke artist. I wouldn't bet on him with Monopoly money. <laughs> I, uh, I did for far too long, and I understand what you're saying. I'm going to throw a name out here. I want, I want to get Carl's thoughts on this, and it's kind of a twofold deal. One, Daniel Berger, I think is going to be a great golfer this weekend. Two. We sit here and we listen to all the analysts talk about the wind's going to be high, the weather's going to do this. You got guys with low ball flight trajectory. They keep it down, all this stuff. Do we overanalyze because we have so much data going into this and sometimes just get away from saying, you know what, these are the 10 best golfers. They'll probably win the tournament. Um, no, I'm not going to say that. Look, so uh, the winner of this tournament is, is, is not necessarily going to be one of the top 50 uh, uh, best golfers. I mean, that's, that, that's the, that's the intricacies of golf. Um, you, you know, it's, it, it looks, if the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour out there, uh, you know, even the greatest player in the game right now, which is Scotty Scheffler, uh, you know, that, that might not be his forte, you know, he needs, uh, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he, he might not be able to work the ball, right to left or left to right in certain wins. So, uh, look, the situations dictate who has a chance to win this golf tournament. I mean, before the start of it, you know, everybody's saying, you know, it's going to be one of the best guys in the world. But, look, when you look at the Varden Trophy Awards, I mean, this ought to tell you something about golf. When you look at who wins the Varden Trophy and who finishes uh, 125th on the money list, there's a difference of maybe a shot maybe a shot from the best golfer for that year to the, to the guy that just barely made his card for the year. 
So, I mean, that's what it, that's where it's at. That's what golf's all about. It is kind of interesting, though. Steve said this um, when he was talking about who he liked this week. I, I, I'm not sure I remember a golfer who started a season as as strongly as Scheffler has, including a Masters win, by the way, uh, and has been more disrespected. Uh, it's not outright disrespect, just just doubted, right? I mean, this guy, is, he's there's nobody playing more consistent than him, and he's already got the first major of the year. Uh, but it, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, his odds are up there to to win. But but you know, we it, it took it took us uh, you know what ten minutes to probably get his name uh, yeah. mentioned. Maybe that's us. But but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like everybody kind of thinks about him that way. He's just a very unassuming guy. Yeah, yeah. He's right. a, yeah. He's kind of plain Jane. Like he's not real flashy. He's just steady, no. solid. Gonna come out and play decent every day. I mean, that's that's what that's what you want. I mean, you want to bet your money on a guy like that. I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, before we leave the uh, PGA around the uh, around the horn here, Tiger Woods makes the cut. Doesn't make the cut. Uh, I, you know what? I seen him. I seen video of him the other day. He got out of his car uh, in the parking lot there at, at Southern Hills, and he, I mean, he definitely uh, looked like he had been riding in that car for a little while because he looked stiff. He looked like he could hardly walk. Um, and you know, I I don't know if that's the way he looks. Uh, before he goes and gets stretched out before he's day <laughs> or what, but uh, he did not look good, but I, you know what? I still, uh, uh, I like him to make the cut. I think, I think Tiger's going to play a good tournament. I, I just, you know, Tiger, I don't think Tiger's just going to show up just to be seen. I mean, he wouldn't, no. he didn't think he could win. So, uh, you know, I got to, you know, I'm not going against that. I mean, if, if he's there, he thinks he can win and that's good enough for me. Yeah, I don't think the cut with, with with you, Carl. I think he makes the cut. I think the story with Tiger going forward is is rarely going to be about making the cut. It's going to be about what what he can do after the cut, yeah. uh, because he physically can't hold up after that. So I got yeah, I'll take him making the cut. Yeah, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, same thing. I mean, I I think you know Thursday, Friday, he may be all right. Saturday, Sunday, that's where the problems are going to come in with his health. You know, after walking him 18 holes, two or three days, that's when he's really going to be sore. So, yeah, I would say he he probably makes the cut. All right. Somebody's got to be a contrarian around here. I'll go double blind Nello and say he didn't make the cut. There you go. <laughs> Nello, what the hell is that? I never heard of that. You, you've never gone double blind Nello? You don't play spades? No. Oh, we got to have some talks. Yeah, no, I don't play spades. I play gin. I don't play spades. And it's the same game, just different names. All right, we got to talk about horses, or Steve's going to get PO'd at us. And we went on it. Let's go to the Preakness. Nobody, all of America, the minute Rich Strike owners said, and eh, we're not going to run for the Triple Crown, all of America said, oh, we're done with horse racing for the year, but we're not. This could be a, I think, a fantastic race. Got a couple of speed horses in there. Who wants to start it off? What do you guys like? Go ahead. Uh, I, I, I'll cede the floor to Stevie. Uh, all I know about horses uh, uh, is they like hay. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, first and foremost, that's that's just puzzling to me that they're not letting this rich strike run in this race. I mean, how do you not give a horse an opportunity at a Triple Crown if he's not hurt? Um, no, you're protecting the stud value. They know this horse is fraudulent. If that horse goes yeah. out and runs the Preakness and finishes 15 lengths behind, that's why they're yeah, doing it. I, Stevie, that's called taking profits right there, Stevie. Yeah, that's, I, in I my business, it. that is taking profits. That is a great trade for them right there. The, the, his value <laughs> All can, they got to do is come up with the same mixture that they had in the Derby and give it to him, <laughs> give him a shot in the ass, and he'll be ready to go. <laughs> but, no, you know, I, 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 the more I look at this race, I – I bet that horse secret oath in the Oaks, uh, the girl, and I, I, I really think, I think this horse going a mile and three sixteenths has, has got a legitimate shot. I mean, at nine to two, I know a few years back, a, a girl horse, uh, a filly won the, uh, the Preakness. Uh, I'm trying to remember what horse it was, but this is the one race because of the, the shorter distance that the, the Phillies have a shot to, to beat the boys. And I know, most horse guys are going to tell you that's a taboo trying to beat boys with girls, but 
look, this this horse D. Wayne Lucas has is the real deal, and he's he's that, not putting this horse in this race for decoration. So, Stevie, Stevie I, that that buyer speed figure though for Secret Oath is not great. That didn't concern you coming out of that Oaks. Wasn't pressed. Could have gone faster, maybe. Yeah, but you know the the horse ran with boys at, at Oaklawn in the uh, the Arkansas Derby. I think he ran. Uh, she ran third. And I, I mean, I, I think the horse is improving. I think, I, I think if she doesn't win, she's definitely hitting the board here. I mean, I, I think Epicenter is the horse to beat. Of course, he's six to five. He's probably going to go off four to five. I mean, that's obviously the horse to beat. But if you, if I had to pick a horse that I feel like has a shot to beat Epicenter, it would be Secret Oath, just because oh. I, I think oh, the I'm horse sorry, is Steve, gonna, go on, go on. You know, I mean, I, I just I'm a sucker for D. Wayne Lucas. He's been around the game a long time. He's no dummy. He's not putting, like I said, he's not putting this horse in this race for decoration. So he he must think he has something here. He must think this horse can compete with the boys. And I mean, she's nine to two. I, I'm probably gonna make a one three exact a box. That's probably how I'm gonna. I'm not gonna put a lot of money into this race because it's only nine horses. I don't really see a lot of value. I think it's gonna be a the Preakness is always normally a, a chalky race The you know, for years, the Derby was all long shots. And then we went on a stretch where a bunch of favorites won in a row, but no, you know, as long as I can remember, the Derby's always kind of been a long shot race and the Preakness has always been a favorite race. And that I'm going to stick with that trend in this race. I mean, I see it one through. Well, see, you know? she's in the four hole. I thought. Secret oath, maybe so. I, I didn't pull up the post positions I'm seeing is three, but you, you may be right. Fenwick, um, I, I got Fenwick in the third hole. So I, okay, yeah, you you're right. This is listed by the odds. I didn't I didn't pull my form yeah. up. I just pulled okay, yes. Yes, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't pull my uh my form up, but I will hey, but just look at it. Yeah, but, but just remember it's like an old time horse better. You said one three. If I were you, I would go bet one three also in your stuff. <laughs> you know how old horse bettors will never avoid a mistake on a ticket. They'll keep right. it. Yeah, they keep it. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, just because you said one three, I'm going to play one three. I mean, that's 50 to one. Fenwick's 50 to one, buddy. I mean, you, yeah, can't, okay. you can't let shit like that just pass. I mean, you got to sit. All right, well, we got we got a box of one three for $2 at least, right? Absolutely. I'm doing that. No, everybody's yeah, tuning in this week based to on find the out at the 37-minute mark or the 29-minute mark what the hell Carl is going to give away for the free money and the free winners. Okay. You just did it? Well, that that's – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, that's going to be in my business. I didn't have – I didn't have the three in my business, but, um, <laughs> I, look, I like, the, I like the eight-horse epicenter. Um, okay. Like Stephen said, it's uh, six to five, probably going off at four to five. Um, you know, my number two horse is probably uh, simplification in the one hole. Um, I like Velasquez a lot. That jockey that's on that horse, um, and that to me, I think, I think for whatever reason, uh, I think that horse might actually have a chance to win this race. Uh, I'm looking at an eight-one-five. I got early voting. That's a Chad Brown horse in the five-hole. Uh, right now, it's at uh, three and a half to one. So I'm looking at an eight-one-five triple. And if you want a long shot, uh, I like Tyler Gaffleon a whole lot. He's riding Happy Jack, and that rhymes with Jig Jack. So <laughs> and that's that's. Six horse and that uh you know he's 30 to one so um i'm going eight five one and if uh, for a long shot and i'm going to take happy jack uh in the six hole and i'm also going to place steve's mistake right there at a little one three exact about Fenwick. yeah okay Fenwick. yeah carl you know a couple of weeks ago i know it was really hot there at the beau rivage with the kentucky derby and a lot of people a lot of casual people coming in and getting on it Without the Triple Crown, how much does that hurt the handle where you are and just in general? Yeah, it hurt it a lot. I mean, I, look, I'm going to be honest from you. For, for You know, I, I don't like the move. I mean, I don't know the business side of, of what those guys do in horse racing. But, you know, I mean, come on. You, you got to give your horse a chance to win the Triple Crown. Who cares if he finishes a to – me, to me, that – that race sets up better for for uh, Rich Strike than 
the damn Kentucky Derby did. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, me, if I own the horse, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give myself a, a shot at the, the triple crown. I mean, I, I hate it for the business. I mean, it's going to, I think it cuts off a little bit of, of handle for everybody. Um, you know, and I can tell you one thing that I, I promise you this coming Saturday, all these long shots are going to be bet. These people are going to bet these long. Oh shots. yeah. Oh, this is what happened. Last no, year. no, no doubt. It is interesting though. Right. Like I, <clears throat> so uh, of course you can't be a sports fan and like the move. Right. I totally understand the business side of it. Get it. We all do. Right. Makes sense. What is interesting to me behaviorally and what they did, the choice they made, is it's completely counter to what got them in that place in the first place, right? I mean, it's a lot, they were a long shot. It was a long shot purchase for them. It was all these things. It, it was sort of this, you know, let it ride philosophy. And they win that race and go, and now they're getting conservative. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. It is. All right, here's my conspiracy of the week. Horse racing executives and everybody around the country said after that horse won, we can't handle another Kentucky Derby with controversy. We'll let this stand. You don't run that horse again. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's running in the Belmont. I mean, maybe. He, maybe. Oh, he's going to be in the Belmont. I mean, I, I we'll see. I'll wait. If they, if they told if they told that guy that, you know, to not run that horse ever again, then I agree with Stevie. They had that dude on some of the best cocaine you can. Why in the but why in the world? That makes no sense. If if they run him in the Belmont, how the hell that makes that makes, that makes no sense. Well, the Belmont's a mile, it's a mile and a half. Well, yeah, but, the th like the thing with the Belmont is that that's going to really expose him that mile and a half. Like he yeah. could probably run this mile and three three sixteen and and be respectable. But if if he is really a the Belmont, the Belmont's going to expose him. That 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 would be completely inconsistent with what they just it, like. If either you put that horse out the stud, you never see it again, and and you know let it go to the Playboy Mansion of of, of horse farms. Or and you never see it again. We never speak of that horse again. Or you run all three. There's no. There's. I don't understand if they're going to let it run the Belmont. That makes no sense. Well, I mean, it'll have a crazy fungus. It'll have a hoof fungus. Well, and we've all it. been there. A fungus we've all been there. There's a couple guys on this show that probably have had a hoof fungus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On to the NBA again. This is a Carl Johnson special tonight, folks, that are just tuning in. I'm glad you're with us on the One More Podcast. We're talking about improving the NBA, fixing the NBA, not fixing the NBA. That's totally different. Carl would never be involved in that. I got to say that, you know, so everybody understands. Yeah. We want to improve and make the NBA better. It was your idea, Carl. Yeah. How are we going to make the NBA great again? Look, I, look, I, I, I know this much. When your business is suffering, when your household is, you know, when you, when you got, you know, if you have trouble paying your bills, you don't go bigger. You go smaller. You, you got to go smaller. So, I mean, look, I, I think the NBA, I think they play too long of a season. You know, the, the, Amen. the average ticket price of the NBA uh, of an NBA game is like $157 a ticket. Now, you know, a working man like us, uh, we, you, you, how are you going to bring two kids and a wife to an NBA game? Uh, I mean, they play 82 games a year. The playoffs, they're playing seven-game series for these playoffs that last two months. I mean, it's just too much. I mean, you got, you got stars sitting out. I mean, cut this thing back to a 50-game uh, NBA season. Uh, you know, make the playoffs uh, best three of five up until the finals and then make that a seven game series. But you got to go small. You got to cut some of this stuff out. You got to, you know, uh, th these players need to play more. You know, they're sitting out games I and mean, you, you, you know, you pay $160 a ticket. 
you want to be able to see LeBron and Anthony Davis play basketball, whether you like them or not. So, uh, you know, so that, you know, you can say all you want. I say it's broke. I say the players are running the league and that that's just the way I feel about it. I think they got to go small. Yeah, this is the, right, this Steve, is the, the, what do you say? Oh, I'm sorry. Bill's in first. No, no I'm sorry. First, no, green no, screens up. Uh, Bill's I, going first. What I, do you got? I, I, I'm sorry. I, the, you know, this thing is as broke as that base, uh, on the Brady Bunch, that episode where, um, where, where by, they were playing ball in the house and they tried to glue that thing. Like this thing cannot be put back together. It's permanently broke. Carl made the point that the players run the league now. That's the problem. There's a reason <clears throat> that players play owner's own coach's coach. Um, those things should not cross paths. Here's one thing. This has nothing to do with fixing it, but let's just get this out of the way. It'll feed right into our demographic as referenced earlier. But all you millennials out there, um, I I will have this debate with you seven days a week. Let's just define stars and stop telling me that these players would take older players to school. Like, Like this whole thing where J.J. Reddick thinks Bob Cousy played against plumbers and electricians. Yeah. Um, like, uh, just please, let, if I could somehow go in a time, I, I know talent. I know, you know, your eyes don't lie. And so when you look at Steph Curry, you know Steph Curry could have played in any time, any place in history, right? Yep. LeBron James, you are not Michael Jordan, never will be, never can be, right? right? Difference between those players. Joel Embiid, you are not Moses Malone. You, you, you are you are you are not. Uh, you're, you, 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 we can go through the list of, of great centers in history, but you were you're not Hakeem Olajuwon, right? Um, I, I can look at um, Giannis and say he's better, in my opinion, talent wise than Kareem was. But there are guys in this league right now that somehow they think. They are um, that they would dominate basketball that we grew up watching. These guys that that are looking at, at the quality of the game now have no idea what quality of basketball. Is. So that's that's my soapbox. The bat, this thing's broken. They can't. They can't. They won't let them shrink the games. The players don't want to play in all the games. The, um, the players have taken over. The money's too big now. Um, and, and quite honestly, the quality of play uh, suffers and thereby, therefore, by extension, the fans suffer. So the only thing you can do is, is speak with your wallet, not pay for it, not go see it. Um, and, and I'd say, you know, like, look at the National Hockey League and what that became because or what that's become, because I, I was the biggest hockey fan in the world. And, and they just diluted the shit out of that league. They changed changed the rules they they diluted the shit out of the talent um everybody thinks that you know they look at the nfl and say well they keep adding games and adding teams and doing all these things yeah because because there's an insatiable appetite for it (laughs) they're gonna kill the golden goose at some point but it ain't yet i mean so uh, it, it is just what what the nba has become um, there are nights where you just see it, you look at it, you go, man, this league could be so great. But there's far more nights where you look at it and you go, what the hell am I watching this for? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> the uh, the junior senator from Louisiana has waited patiently, Steve. Your thoughts on the NBA? <laughs> Never been called that before. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, that there's a major problem with, with the with, – Bill was talking about with the diluting the talent. There are too many teams, I think, in all professional sports. My stepfather told me there that 20 go. years ago. He said they just don't have enough good pitching to go around baseball. Like, that was his thing. And, you know, Amen. I, I just – I don't understand why they're making all of these changes. Like, in baseball, putting a runner on second base and in extra innings. Like, they added this new playoff format where the 9 and 10 play the 7 and 8 to get in. Yep. Like – you know, they went from the first round. They used to be uh, the best three out of five. Now it's seven game series. Like they, they, they. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why are they making all of these changes? And it's just, I don't know. I, I think they should have left shit the way it was. It was, it was fine for 
many years. Why make these changes? I don't get it. Yep. And, you know, as far as my biggest aggravation that, well, I, I have two, two things in the NBA that, that I think are major flaws. Um, one is when you get these prima donna players like LeBron James that try to take over and be the GM, like that just, I can't stand that. I can't deal with it. I mean, your job is to play basketball. The coach's job is to coach basketball and the GM's job is to get players and, and hire coaches, you know, stay, stay in your lane. I mean, he wants to be in politics. He wants to do like, I don't, I don't like him. I, I, I don't like him as a person. I think he's just, he's a prima donna. He plays when he feels like it. He plays hard. You, you can see sometimes he plays hard. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, and another thing that bothers me in the NBA is these, these so-called superstars that, people think are so great they can't do the most basic thing in the game and that is shoot free throws like Giannis how can yeah. you compare him to to any great player when when a guy gets up there in the fourth quarter and can't make free throws I mean I, I could understand Shaq because he was just such a big guy and but he was he was so dominant you could almost overlook that but guys that play forward and guards they position should be able to shoot free throws 75 to 80 percent. I mean, that's what you do every day. You practice free throws every day. It's just like a field goal kicker. Your job is to kick field goals. When you have to make them, you need to make them. That's what you're getting paid to do. I don't want any excuses. And if you can't make them, Urban Meyer is going to kick you in the nads. <laughs> free throws are – I'll disagree with you on free throws. I, I agree with – philosophically with what you're saying, Stevie. Couldn't agree more. But there are very good players in history who struggled at the free throw line. Um, I, it, it is, it, you, the, the field goal comparisons, uh, an interesting one, because I think a hell of a lot of it's psychology. And then the other thing I'd say about LeBron, um, I'd argue that guy's had done as much damage as he's done good. Um, if not more since he's been in the league, uh, call me a hater, call me whatever you want, but the negative inflection point of that whole decision scenario that league still hasn't recovered from. That was the beginning of the super team. That was the beginning of the power shift. Um, I, this this league has not. That was that was a negative incremental data point and another stair step step down for this league, and it was a significant one after that whole all that bullshit happened. Two steps and a hop lead. I mean, they don't even know <laughs> anymore. You get you get two large steps and a hop. Unbelievable. Everybody's been right. Here's my fix. It's uh, pretty simple. We're going to get rid of 10 teams. We got too many teams. We're going to go down to 51, 52 games. We're going to be good on that. Now we're going to change. And I was a big fan. I, I grew up in the 70s. I love when the three-point shot came in with the ABA, and we did it. But here's what we're going to do now. Guess what? Three-point line, that's one point. Inside the three-point line, that's two points. And if you get a dunk or a layup and you actually go to the rack and score it off the glass, that's the three-point shot. Sign me up for a little bit of that. I'm watching that game. <laughs> you just turned it. You just turned it into rugby, Ryan. <laughs> Let's go. That lane. Play, that do lane. We want to play. What do we want to do? You. I mean, the bad boy Pistons yes. would, would love you. I mean, that, that I was be, a fan. You want, about, you want to talk about bloodshed on the court? I thought you were going to say get rid of the three-point shot, which no, I no, am no, all no. In just make one point. If you're going to give up and not run offense and just stand out there and chunk it up, that's a give-up shot. Let's go. Let's attack the rack. Let's play some ball. Let's do a little pick and roll. Let's actually run some cross cuts, back picks, come back on the backside and get it. Let's play some basketball. I'm there for there that. Are, you know, there are teams – I love watching these Mavericks play. I absolutely love watching. I love Luca. Love that guy. Love his attitude. Um, love his confidence, you know. Uh, he's a foreign Larry Bird to me. Um, that yeah. he is, he is Lops too much. I love true, uh, but I love watching that Mavericks team play, and I love watching this Heat team play. I, I mean, I love the four teams that are actually left in this thing. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, but overall, the game annoys the living crap out of me, and and my local team is is a, uh, a representative of everything that's wrong with the game. Quite honestly, on every level. It's painful to hear you talk about it. It's painful to hear Lombardi talk about it. it, it every Saturday and Sunday, 
Central Time, <laughs> nine to eleven. Painful, painful. So I'm saying, I want to say, I, I do. You know, I'm kind of a sucker for Pat Riley, and I, I, I see his philosophy, and it's total contrary to what the rest of the league is doing. They think that you get these superstar players and you win championships. Pat Riley goes out and gets 10 good, solid players that he can mix and match and put in at any time of the game. And he comes at you with, with waves. Like that's that, that Miami team has 10 guys that could come off the bench and, and start really. I mean, they're, they're 10 deep and they all play good defense. They fairly good shooters. He's got one superstar in that team. And I think the center is very underrated. I mean, in my eyes, he could be that that Bam Adebayo. He could be a superstar. He's very underrated. And the, the kid the, uh, off the bench, the uh, hero kid, I mean, he could start for any team in the league. I, I just like the style of that team. And I'm hoping they win the championship just so the rest of the league can see that they've got it wrong. This is how you win. You win playing a team basketball with above average players you don't need three superstars and go buy championships. And that's why I'm pulling for this Heat team. They're all well, that's why keys. I love this show because we have uh, – we take care of the NBA. We'll take care of baby formula shortages in the economy next week. Right <laughs> that's now, LeBron's, though – That's LeBron's fault too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. What are, we, what are we drinking? What are we watching? Let's have some fun. And then I, if I am talked into it, may do a tribute to Bill Berman and the Bandit before we oh, get out wow. of here tonight. We've got to hear that. We got to hear that. I got some. Don't you feel special, Bill? Well, I do feel special. If you guys will let me indulge me one second, I, I do. I do want to, this does have a sports connection, but uh, we actually lost a, a good friend of mine's uh, dad today, oh. uh, who was a former NFL football player. Uh, and believe it or not, was on a 1963 All America team as a tight end for Notre Dame. His name's Jim Kelly. Oh wow! Uh, his his Notre Dame his excuse me his All America team. Listen to these. Listen to these players: Dick Butkus, Roger Staubach, Gail Sayers, wow. Bob Brown, um, Sherman Lewis, uh, Jim Grisham from Oklahoma, Carl Eller. Those were the guys on that team. But we lost Jim today far too soon. One of the funniest. He played for the Steelers and Eagles. Uh, no one made me laugh harder than this guy. He told me some great old football stories about the way they used to treat rookies in the NFL. So, so I'll take my time and just say, uh, we we'll throw out a toast to Jim and, uh, and we're going to miss him. Wow. Yep. Toast to Jim. There you go. Fighting Irish. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Good. What do you got, Steve? What are you paying attention to this week? Uh, other than making fun of my uh, shrimp po' boys. That's what I've been mainly doing was, you know, watching what you eat. You know, last, yesterday I checked in on you to see what you were talking about. That was interesting. Uh, you know, I haven't really – I've been so busy. I, all I really watch is the, the basketball. I mean, I was kind of – we had a few nights off from that, and I was watching a little baseball. But other than that, I'm not really watching any uh, – sitcoms no no beverly hills 90210 golden girls none of that lately <laughs> i just been focusing on sports and shit after coming in from this 95 degree new orleans heat after work all i want to do is lay down and go to sleep yeah and you get the humidity with the heat when you get it we get no humidity so it's a dry heat yeah it's been brutal man mm. carl what do we got man yeah you know for me i mean look i'm 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 ready to slow down for about a month, month and a half, uh, take some time off. I'm going to try to go to, uh, I got to go to Vegas for a few days for work. Uh, I'm going to try to get around a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, just, uh, my, my regular routine, man, just, uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to eat good food. Uh, you know, I look, I, somebody, somebody wanted me to do a food page and I said, well, I post my what? just a food like a twitter account for just oh i heard foot i thought that was like a fetish deal yeah no and i said look i post all my food that i eat just about on my twitter account i mean that that actually helps my twitter account so i'm not gonna do just a pay a twitter account just for food but yeah that's what i was asked and i went no nah, i can't do that 
For a second there, I thought we had Rex Ryan on this broadcast. I, I was waiting. <laughs> I knew you got there before I could get there. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do a little tribute to Berman. Uh-oh. Fighting back from the Ronas. I hadn't done this in a long time, so you guys got to watch out of here. Uh-oh. Now, <laughs> this could get ugly. All right. <laughs> so we got to do a little something here. I'm not going to sing. If y'all want to sing, you can sing. All right. All right. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not in tune whatsoever. All right. Here we go. The man is unbelievable. There you go. Welcome back, Multi-talented. Bill. The bandit is back. Man is unbelievable. <laughs> we love the bandit. Multi-talented. He's not Sorry, just a pretty uh, face. On, on the electric, that's the only guitar I got right now that's in tune. That's all. Just waiting to see if you were going to smash it in your office and then, you know, I don't know, like kick an amp or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go full Townsend. Light, right, the, yeah. light the damn thing on fire. I mean, we're on video now. Let's get some viewers. <laughs> There we go. The bandit is back. We got everything. All right. Parting thoughts, parting shots before we get out of here, guys. This has been a fun one tonight. Uh, I'd say go Mavs. Uh, I'm rooting for the Mavericks uh, and, and and the Heat. So so those are my teams. That's who I'm sticking with. And uh, and uh, um, Stevie, stop running. <laughs> All right. My, my parting thoughts are uh, I'm going with the uh, epicenter to win the uh, race. Um, and I would probably do uh, just the opposite as I did in the Kentucky Derby. I'll probably put uh, the eight horse on top of the field, try to catch a long shot, maybe my happy jack. Uh, and then uh, I'm with Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Mavericks, and I'd like to see the Celtics. Mavericks, Celtics in the final. Steve, what do you Man, got? Those two guys are trying to get me broke because I got a lot of money on Golden State money line tonight. If <laughs> Dallas wins this game tonight, I will not be a happy camper tomorrow. It's a good thing this podcast isn't tomorrow. It's it's, it's coming at the right time anyway. Uh, pod, one more podcast disclaimer. Stay off Twitter tonight if, if the Warriors uh, lose. Uh, I can just okay. tell you that. Do not check out Stevie uh, Stevie's Twitter tonight. It is not going to be for the faint-hearted. Yeah. <laughs> all right there you go boys we had a blast tonight thanks for everybody who was hanging out with us if you made it this far into the podcast god bless you get alive get some help maybe go to counseling <laughs> otherwise just share it with your friends tell them to you know listen to this every single week and remember we're brought to you by it out of a uh, business airline so that's all you need to know about this one more podcast for everybody involved i'm ryan hyatt we'll see you next week and go have one more <laughs>